Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Face to Face here on eCardingNews.com. My name is uh, Rob Howden. That over there, David Cole. Uh, as we were. <laughs> I always, right. that I I always mix that up. I <laughs> uh, hope everybody's having a good day. It is Monday. We're into a new week. We're in a new month, actually. It's actually June, which is crazy. This entire COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, of course, hitting in the middle of March. So we are kind of two and a half months into this. Thankfully, around the country, uh, the sport of karting and the community have been uh, rolling once again. David, a number of tracks have an events, uh, regional series event as well uh, at Newcastle Motorsport Park this past weekend. But tr- really tracks, David, all around the country starting to get rolling. There are some states that are still locked down, but we are seeing significant drivers getting out of another track. I know I'm super jealous when I scroll through my feed now on Facebook because lots of people are back behind the wheel. Hey, Ontario's open, so you're you're ahead, you're one step ahead of us here. Uh, they're just now starting to get Michigan open, East Lansing car track being the only sprint track here in in the state, uh, actually. Uh, so that's that's getting open by limited practice. There's actually a practice ten minutes from my house right now at Grattan Raceway. That's it. Uh, uh, no, uh, I believe they limited to say fifteen or twenty drivers uh, today and then tomorrow. So they got two. Uh, Two separate practice days there. That's awesome. uh, we saw racing in Indiana. We saw racing in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, obviously, the Southwest and Southeast, they're racing all over the place down there. So, again, it's, you know, like the temperature rises. We're slowly getting slowly getting back to normal. Well, and one thing we want to push out to anybody who is actually, if you're either a racer going to an event, a family going to an event, or a promoter or a track, a club that's putting it on, Obviously, right now, the key is to do everything absolutely by the book. We want to make sure we keep social distancing, uh, everything you possibly can on, on the health side of things, because we have to be kind of the model of what's going on in our sport. Of course, other parts of the sport, uh, stock car racing, road racing, really not opening up many places yet. The drag racing opening up at a couple of tracks. You see a lot of sprint racing, too. Um, we have to be at the very front of that, David, I think, for us to make sure that that karting we don't want any setbacks, right? We're getting a chance to open up. Our tracks are able to open. So everybody as a community needs to pitch in to make sure we don't have to take a step backwards. Yeah. And again, it's, it's, it's every racetrack kind of dealing with the local, local authorities and and trying to deal with the state guidelines that have been put down because again, different states see us as different factors. You know, some think of us as golf courses, some think of us as a spectator sport. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the battles that uh, that we continue to see, you know, uh, especially in Indiana, where the tracks are getting lumped in as both a golf course and a and a spectator place. So it's yeah. like, no, we don't have spectators. We have uh, we have racers. And and so, you know, thankfully, we're you know, a lot of a lot of the tracks are telling people, keep keep your family at home. You know, if, if you're a racer, bring somebody to help you. And that's it. And, and that's kind of what it what it's kind of gone to and progressed uh, as we go from track to track and checking things out. Uh, you know, certain states are a little bit more open, so they're able to have a lot, a little bit more people there. But again, it's just, it's just all dictated on what the local authorities are telling you, what the state authorities are telling you, and to follow those guidelines. You know, there's no reason to break these guidelines because if we do, then we're going to lose a track or we're going to lose a race or, or, or lose a facility for good. So you yeah. never know what quite's going to happen. And we're going to lose momentum. Right now we have momentum. We're kind of building and growing slowly. We're allowing more people to come to tracks, bigger events as well. I saw somewhere that Ohio, I think, actually opening up to spectators coming soon as well. The, the more this momentum starts to build all across the country, uh, everybody else is going to be able to go back racing. In a state like uh, Michigan or California or Illinois, which is struggling as well, kind of really locked down. The better we do, the more it's potentially going to open up. 
One of the states, the couple of states actually, that are, of course, kind of the hotbed of this entire COVID-19 issue is New York and New Jersey. And of course, what we were doing uh, with a lot of these face-to-face interviews is giving you an opportunity, our EK and Nation uh, viewers, a chance to talk, uh, get us to talk to some of the, the guys that are in certain areas. You know, we tried to hook up with the guys in the Pacific Northwest. That's something we're going to continue to do. Uh, we tried to get them on this particular show. They're not able to, to be with us. But we do have Marco Oldoffer from the F-Series and New York Race Complex. He's going to come in and join us. Actually, waiting in, in the wings. Let's bring him in right now. Uh, Marco, great to have you, you with doing? us. All right. How are I'm you? glad to be here. Trackside at New York Race Complex, the facility that you purchased just a little while ago. It's obviously going to be a big part of the F-Series. Uh, I'm sure you are, like all of us, dying to get back to racing. Well, absolutely. And, you know, I think, we, uh, I think we're on the right path. I think in about, um, in about two or three weeks, I think we could see a lot of things opening up. Uh, New Jersey just uh, basically announced on June 22nd that they're going to have uh, all all contact contactless sports uh, that they're going to be able to resume um, and just things are going in the right direction uh, right now I believe New Jersey is in phase one okay uh, in the in the part where we are here in New uh, northern New York uh, basically phase two has reopened uh, it looks like that all um, all of the uh, restaurants, uh, are going to be ready to go back on June 14th. Okay. So this looks really positive. You know, sadly, I've been kind of, I don't want to say fighting with some of the, I don't want to say authorities either, because it's just basically been fighting with myself possibly <laughs> about, uh, you know, where are we? Where where do we open? Uh, we certainly shouldn't be lumped into phase four, and that's kind of where they put us. Okay. Uh, but phase four doesn't make any sense. Uh, marinas are open. Camping sites are open. National parks are open. And as we all know, um, that's kind of where we are lumped into, I would guess. And and they they were open in they were open before uh, even phase one. Uh, got activated. So uh, that's kind of the thing is I just, I think just trying to get the people uh, that are in charge to understand what we are and how we, we operate. Um, and, you know, in some of our cases, for instance, New Jersey Motorsports Park has 572 acres. Uh, they had yesterday, first time, uh, they had a very private type scenario, but it was kind of inviting our, our community. Uh, we had 30 racers there, which is a really good thing. Um, and some of the racetracks in New York are actually working uh, really, really closely with the health department and so on and so forth. And that, that's uh, a question I have for you, Marco. Let's, let's ask that question first. Is there some kind of a faction of motorsports track owners or some kind of a you know a motorsports community that are getting together to potentially uh, talk with, with the health authorities and with government? Well, uh, there is a, a, a thing called New Jersey Coalition, uh, okay. which is uh, and it's called Motorsport Coalition as well. I think they're out of the south of uh, the United States. Uh, basically, uh, they've put some stuff together, but I think it's so crazy at the moment because you have uh, you have an issue where the issue is in northern the North Country where I am here. It is completely different than Long Island, for instance. Yeah. So I don't think it's a, just a across-the-board type scenario. We'll be able to open up possibly four weeks before anywhere else in the lower parts of or the closer parts in New York. So uh, New York City, like say for instance, Englishtown Raceway Park. Yeah. Um, 
again, all of that doesn't have much to do with anything, I think, uh, is I think because these guys don't really realize what we are. Uh, they don't understand that we are a community, a small knit community, and that essentially we see the same customers per se, racers. I, I, I try yeah. not to say customers because these people are my friends and they're 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 more my community than, than they are customers to me. Mm -hmm. So, But at the end of the day, we come together each and every weekend. So I probably have... I don't know, 500 racers total. And out of those 500, I see them every week or not every week, of course, but we see them all the time, five yeah. times a year uh, versus seeing this, a different person every day. Yeah. Uh, and that's a big deal. Uh, would they need to know that they need to understand that we're all working with each other and that we understand how to make it go forward and so on and so forth. So I don't mean to go off track here, but this is a very confusing scenario, uh, especially since when I first started this year, uh, right away in March, I was dealing with New Jersey, uh, primarily only New Jersey. New, New York was pretty much locked down because it was so cold still. I mean, from the cold perspective, then from a COVID perspective. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then New York was nothing. New York race complex didn't really wasn't in my radar at that time. Then, of course, you go into Pittsburgh, which was at the end of May. Uh, then I started focusing from New Jersey to, to Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania was a completely different animal. The reopening phases were three phases with a red, green, yellow type scenario. Uh, New York was a four phase. I, it's been super confusing. <laughs> and, and then who do you talk to? Who do you who do you get to? Who do you get answers from? Yeah, real you know, for instance. Yeah. 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 And, and the thing is, I mean, there was some mind boggling stuff going on. People were saying that the mayors were overriding the governors. Uh, right. Now, I. I, I my mayor wouldn't override the governor and who would stick their neck out uh, for a car track and say, oh, yeah, just go ahead. And then, you know, and then the governor comes down on these people. So I don't mm -hmm. know. I'm not 100 percent sure who to even talk to anymore. Uh, a lot of times you call people. I call the public health department in a couple of areas and they didn't know anything. I mean, I was asking them more intelligent questions than than they kind of could answer. Uh, uh, I just like what phase would you be opening when you do open? They had nothing to say. Uh, so it was, it's was. it been a very confusing scenario for me. Um, and I, it's not just for one state. You know, I wish it was just one state. Uh, so that's kind of where it's at. Yeah, I think it's more of a confusing scenario than anything else. Well, like you said, you're because you're not just a club or a track, you have the track, obviously, uh, in New York, but you also have that program. Obviously, F-Series has, has grown significantly over the last number of years. You've become the primary series in the Northeast, and you go to different states, like you say, so you're juggling trying to figure out how to do everything and potentially get rolling. Do you, have you been able to put any kind of a schedule together where you've moved things backwards, like deeper into the year and say, okay, we're planning on going here based on the way Pennsylvania is opening up. We'll go to here. Like, is there, is there any kind of a schedule you put together? Uh, okay. So I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. There's a little bit of a concern about what, what that entails. So, you know, in the beginning, a lot of people asked me, Oh, you know, you're going to take these events that had possibly been canceled and are you going to move them forward? And I said, all right, well, let's see how many are canceled. You know, I think in March we closed down. Uh, we had our first warm up, for instance, and then uh, it basically shut down as soon as our first race was supposed to go off. So we lost one or two events. And I said, well, maybe we could replace those events. Uh, but then I said, all right, so how do you replace two events is not a problem. Uh, how do you replace six events is yeah. another problem. So you can't replace all of them. And that was more with the state championship that we have going on, which mm -hmm. is a really growing program. I love it because it's a little bit more local. Yep. It allows more 
I don't want to say regular people, but people maybe that don't have huge budgets yeah, to be able to participate. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great place. And uh, and we do have a diversity of tracks that are involved with that. So with that being said, um, then all of a sudden you start looking at the gear up program and we had lost that Pittsburgh race. And you start looking at all these events and everyone is going to start rescheduling these things. Yeah. Now, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if that's going to work. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because, first of all, how many racers have we lost? Nobody knows. Uh, how many racers are still hesitant to actually leave their house, go mm-hmm. out, maybe paranoid, maybe not, or maybe just cautious, uh, just want to kind of stay around the house a little bit more local? I think the bigger the traveling program is, the tougher it's going to be. Uh, but I also think that we need to be mindful of that we just don't say, oh, okay, well, we had four races and we're going to all bang these into uh, October, November. And, you know, so all of a sudden what happens is, is you have uh, too many races in one time. You have, for instance, all seven, eight series is kind of lumping these things and people are going to have to pick and choose. Maybe they won't pick and choose. I think we all run on a very small uh, profit margin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we need to be careful all of a sudden, you know, we're used to a hundred entries or 150 entries and all of a sudden we're down to 75 or 50. Yeah. First of all, look, the racers aren't going to be happy to travel far to go do that. I think the other thing is, is that, uh, you know, it could hurt us financially for the future. Um, and many other things. So I think what I'm going to do is sadly every race or any race that I had to potentially cancel, uh, from gear up is not going to be rescheduled okay. uh, primarily because I feel that it's, it's just not a good way to do it. Uh, I've already encountered two of the races that we have left have been doubled up on by another series. Now okay. it doesn't matter. Uh, I, I, I could say who they are. It doesn't really matter. I think it just doesn't help. So I think they need to be mindful of that. Uh, I get everybody's just on survival mode, but I guess we do need to look at the overall large picture because if we don't, I believe that it's going to hurt us all. And we may think, okay, well, we're going to be okay because we have a hundred, but you, I don't think everybody realizes that it takes everybody. You know, we yeah. may be arch enemies when times are good and, and we're trying to battle and take each other's customers and all that stuff. But in reality, we do need to work together. Uh, I think we're, you know, a community that needs that. We pause our face-to-face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. Kometic Gasket is a leading worldwide supplier of gaskets and engine sealing solutions for karting, automotive performance, power sports, original equipment, and the remanufactured engine industries. Kometic karting gaskets are available as OE replacement top-end kits or as individual gaskets and seals. Just like competitive karters, Kometic can operate on the fly and has the unique capability to customize any gasket to meet specific engine requirements and clearances. All of Kometic's fiber materials are asbestos-free and do not require any additional sealants. Viton oil ring cylinder head seals are used in each two-cycle kit, and Kometic's four-cycle engine kits feature only the most advanced multi-layer steel head gaskets. Kometic can tailor to engine builder specific needs through bulk ordering and packaging flexibility. Kometic gaskets are must-haves for championship winning teams across multiple disciplines of both professional and amateur motorsports. Kometic gasket, sealing championships since 1989.
In 2020, PSL Karting will enter its 21st year of serving the North American karting community, and they're proud to be North America's importer and distributor for the legendary Burrell Art brand, having once again won Burrell Art's Distributor of the Year. PSL Karting is your source for all things Burrell Art, providing this top-quality product both through their expansive dealer network or through their own pslkarting.com online store. We have over 100 carts in stock at all times, including the new Charles Leclerc line of carts carrying the name of Ferrari's Formula One pilot. PSL Karting can provide you with a Burrell Art, Ricardo, or Charles Leclerc turnkey package with an IAMI, Rotax, Rock, or Briggs power plant complete and ready to race. Whatever you need is available 24-7 at our online store, including parts and components, consumables like Amsoil, Motul, and Rotex XPS engine oil, and Vroom lubricants, Micron data acquisition systems and Unipro, and driver safety gear from Bell, Arai, Freem, and Alpine Stars. Trackside, we're also the karting distributor for Bell Racing USA. Our race trailer is always stocked with Bell helmets and components. Arrive and Drive programs, supported by PSL's experienced staff and in-house engine program, are available for all major U.S. and Canadian events. When you're ready to win, call PSL Karting or visit one of our dealers. You want the best, you just gotta roll with the best. Streeter Superstands. This is Jeff Wessel from StreeterSuperstands.com. You wouldn't put subpar parts on your racing cart, so why put that cherished ride of yours on anything but Carding's number one lifts and stands, Streeter Superstands. Streeter is the original and genuine manufacturer of the second-to-none Bigfoot rolling stands, stackers, uprights, and industry-leading superlift. We also manufacture and sell the largest and always-growing roster of trailer and shop accessories like tire, engine and jug racks, cabinets, spray can trays, beat breakers, and tons more to outfit any size trailer, team, and budget. Streeter Superstands has over 30 continuous years of experience. Brick cart racers just like you and know that the Streeter name represents the absolute best in stands, lifts, and accessories for karting enthusiasts worldwide. Durability, affordability, unmatched quality, and customer service, that's what sets us apart from the rest. Check us out now at StreeterSuperstands.com. Roll with the best, StreeterSuperstands.com. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. So looking at your schedule right now, what's the next race that you you think? Of course, listen, you have the Northeast. You're, you know, you you have your own group. There are a lot of people from the Northeast will travel to other events for sure. But, you know, you guys are the primary program in the Northeast, both with the F-Series, the Gear Up F-Series, and the New York State uh, Championship program, which you've put together, which is great. What, in the F-Series, what do you look at potentially you think being the, the first race you'll get to do? And how many will you get to do on your schedule? How many races do you think you're going to be able to do? Okay, so we have three more left. We have three more left. Uh, The first one is going to be from here on forward is New York. Uh, The second one is uh, in Massachusetts. Uh, And that brings me to another piece because now I'm looking at my fourth state and my fourth reopening and my fourth setup and my fourth governor. Uh, So the situation is with that is is that I'm – I'm, I'm not even – people have asked me, oh, what are you doing about Massachusetts? I said, honestly, i got to get past the first one. Yeah. Once I get past the first one, then maybe I could possibly look into the, into the next ones. But uh, so f- – and we have our New Jersey one. Uh, and it does look like New Jersey is kind of heading in the right direction. Um, New York is also yeah. heading in the right direction, especially in the region where we are. Again, this is the North Country. 
Um, we are the least populated and we have the smallest amount of COVID cases here in this uh, in this county, in the entire state of New York. Okay. This is a really good positive thing. Uh, like I said, we're already in phase two. Uh, if we look at the, the amount of people that can be here, and this is kind of what I'm going with. First of all, it's starting to be positive from my public health department. Uh, the second thing is, so our first race is scheduled for four weeks from today. Okay. Uh, basically, that puts us already into phase four of the reopening. Uh, as of right now, we are in phase two. Um, that means restaurants can be open at 50%. Now, what that means is I, and, and again, I'm asking for uh, a legitimate amount of information that allows me to put an event together, possibly working around my schedule. And I don't mean my schedule uh, for the actual date. I mean the schedule of the weekend. Uh, so possibly maybe yeah. moving it where where we separate some of the groups. Maybe we run in the morning uh, and then so, kind of like, I guess, maybe a rock cup or a scusa race that mm -hmm. basically has that morning and afternoon session. Uh, so that would allow us to possibly have some people leave, maybe enjoy the area in upstate New York. It's a yeah. fantastic region where we are here. Uh, so that's kind of what I'd like to see them give me some guidance. Uh, but if they, they're not willing to help because maybe they're too busy, what we're going to do is we're going to plan this date. Uh, we are on the 27th and 28th of June okay. uh, here at New York Race Complex. That's go. our first race of gear up. Uh, <clears throat> that is where we're scheduled to come out of. Uh, and then basically because we are in phase four, and then we are going to work around and we're going to try to minimize the numbers. Now, say, for instance, if I can, let's say, do 300 racers here, we possibly might, uh, you know, scale it back to 150 maximum. Mm -hmm. uh, just because of if a restaurant is allowed to open at 50% capacity, I'm going to just use a restaurant's uh, uh, recipe of how to get back into business. So, uh, and, you know, if they come down on me, I'm going to ask them basically to tell me, well, you know, I've asked you for two months to give me guidance. I've taken it among myself. Yeah, we have a COVID manual already, uh, basically that's posted on our websites. Uh, we already have all kinds of signage at the racetrack uh, that basically tells people what to do, which is wash your hands. I don't yeah. know. I you know most people needed to know that already a long time ago, but uh, so, but that's kind of, uh, we've done everything we needed to do. Uh, and I've waited diligently. I have tried to do my best. Uh, again, we would not be opening in a phase that we're not allowed to open. But like I said, they're just not giving us enough. Yeah, um, not enough information. Yeah, so I'm going to use a formula that basically would maybe work on something for like a movie thin cinema or something like that. Mm -hmm. and, and if that isn't good enough for an outdoor event with really no indoor facilities, we don't have a restaurant here. We don't have uh, any kind of inside um, activity here. So it's mm -hmm. all outdoors. And uh, as you know, in the North Country, the sun is a little closer. So I'm guessing that the virus can't <laughs> hang out here all that long. So well, especially in the summer months. It, it's it's also a month away. And I think a lot of people don't remember that everything's changed so quickly. You know, the first month we had really no idea what was happening. And then we were kind of locked down for a month. Then everything started opening up in the middle of May, uh, start of May, actually. And then all the way through May. And you're talking about another full month until we get to your race. Like you say, you guys are in in uh, in phase two already. You're going to be in phase four by the time we get to the race. I think I think it bodes well that you're going to be able to have a great event there. Yeah, no, I think so, too. People are looking uh, very much forward to it. Uh, I do believe that the way that I see the, the sport going, I think people are going to stay closer to home. 
um, I think that, uh, you know, just in general. So we have a pretty strong region here. Sometimes I may have not uh, harnessed all the racers in my regions, but I think at this point in time, they're just looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, I know that we have a pretty good reputation on having fun events and good events and stuff. So I, I just hope that uh, we can put on a good event. Uh, now, I will say right away that, you know, when we do 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 our event, it is going to be limited. Of course, the spectator scenario, yeah. you'll laugh. Uh, sadly, that New York Race Complex has, has one of the higher spectator counts of all our races. Okay. Uh, yeah, just because we have like this fantastic kind of hillside that when you drive into the track yeah. and it, the guy who built the track set it up as like almost like a, like a bleacher, but a natural. Yeah. So basically yeah. it was a really, really fun uh, way to sit and sit under these nice trees that we have and stuff and, and really enjoy the race. So, but sadly that will not be available. Uh, we were going to just basically do a mechanic um, and a driver. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately just for now and then see where it goes and possibly we could open it up to more if the numbers aren't where they exceed the limits and we'll go forward from there so in the beginning it's basically going to be driver and mechanic and or team owners and things like that so anybody that is essential to the to the program uh but besides uh, that let's talk about what what, what's the remainder of the schedule you've got this uh june the 27 28 weekend what's after that what's that you said three more races to go what are the dates yeah so we have we have boston uh and that is basically in uh in august in the middle of august and i know things already been kind of uh, you know, people are rescheduling stuff. As I said earlier, that's kind of becoming a problem. Um, I've had some people ask me about even my third race, uh, you know, if they're like, oh, you know, is that a set date? Can you work around it? I said, you know, I said, honestly, I don't think I can move anything because I think people are just going to start moving stuff everywhere. Yeah, we've talked and about that. Yeah. If I can recommend, and I certainly don't want to tell somebody how to run their business, uh, but I think, you know, if we can go and just finish out our schedules and not try to, make up for all these things because it just isn't going to work. I don't think the mathematics work uh, just trying to make up all these races is you can't, you know, we barely, we have a very busy schedule as you all know uh, to do these races um, safe. And then you lose three months and you try to make them up in the last four months. It's almost impossible. Yeah. Uh, So who gets hurt? I think the teams, I think we as an organization get hurt. I think also the, uh, uh, I think also the drivers, um, and again, it's still to be seen how many we've actually lost uh, from, I, I don't, I have not heard too many people in my community get anything, have any effect from the thing, but certainly their businesses I'm sure have been affected. Uh, it's a trickle down effect of some yeah. extent. Uh, so I think if I can give a recommendation to my fellow uh, promoters, I would possibly say the local stuff. I don't see a big deal about the local, but the bigger the race gets, uh, you know, I don't, again, I don't mean to tell somebody how to run their business or when or when not to do their events, but I don't know. Just give it a real thought. Certainly, it could hurt for them as well as it could hurt for all the other series. Out yeah, there, there is, so. there is a, a need to look at the bigger picture for sure. You know, we talked about that earlier, and we have kind of through the entire thing, uh, Marco, with the simple fact that uh, there are going to be people that are going to be moving dates. People are going to have to have – they think they have to have races, and they're putting them on top. You're obviously going to be one that, that like you say, already – uh, potentially having some conflict. That's obviously a tough thing to see, but man, it's just it's just so hard for some of these organizations to, to sit back and say, you know, can we even can we make it if we only run one or two races? I'm sure you feel the same way right now, only being able to run three. Yeah, at this point in time, we've lost about a third of our season. 
uh, already because we're stacked pretty heavy with the state championship. You know, South Jersey's pretty nice already in March and April. Uh, so we do quite a few races in South Jersey at that yeah. time. Uh, so we've lost a lot of the state championship. Like I said, we've lost the gear up uh, for, for Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't know. You know, again, this the one coming up. I am set to do it. I am announcing to do it. I am ready to do it. But uh, God forbid if something else happens, you know, they turn us back. They turn the clocks back two months or something or a month. Who knows what the stuff that's going on out there today. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, so as of right now, we're going to uh, go forward with what we have left, possibly do maybe, you know, a couple of night races that we had a practice day on or something like that to kind of catch up some of the points, maybe get people on the state championship level caught up, maybe two or three races or something. But yep. I'm not about, to, uh, you know, put six races in three months just because on top of what we already have just to kind of catch up. That um, makes sense. What so, what uh, let's kind of go into a positive direction. Um, the, I believe it's June. Would you say June fifteen or June twenty one? When is the border, the Canadian border, U.S. border opening, Rob? What you right right now, June twenty one. Yeah, June right. 21. I love Canadians, <laughs> and I'm I'm looking so at you. That, that's uh, well, that's what I was getting at. It was like because there's a lot of Canadians that are sitting there waiting to go racing because we we me and Rob have talked about it a little bit off off the off the show and a little bit on the show is. Tracks are just now opening, so none of them have even gone racing at all for this year if they didn't travel down to the U.S. So are you kind of talking with some of the teams and, and, and maybe some of the clubs or tracks even that are up there to kind of say, hey, you know, I have, you know, we're having this race up here, uh, you know, for, for the opening of the F-Series. Are you, kind of, are you kind of getting some feelers out there north of the border? Well, you know what, over the last couple of years, especially since we, uh, and I think it actually started even before the track, uh, you know, the shifters basically brought a lot of people from Ottawa area, from uh, uh, from Montreal area to basically come and, and try. But since we bought the racetrack and since we've started promoting here, it's just been the, the it's been an overwhelming amount of interest and very a lot of excitement. We love the Canadian racers in general. Why? Because they're super excited. Uh, they also are also very professional. So they've also brought a level of professionalism that was uh, very, very um, uh liked when i did it you know when we started so i for us the june 21st date works as well because that means we're ready to go um with our 27th and 28th date yeah uh being able to do that so i mean we've talked with a few of them personally they've called us they've said you know what do you think they're talking about a quarantine when they go back home but i think they're all willing to chance it uh so but um so no i think uh it's very exciting we've got a lot of energy i think this year more than any other uh you know with the first couple of years of new york uh all we did here was work and i think we talked about that on another interview that we've done uh how we got this all the work but in the last year and a half it's been a lot of promotion uh, you know, we're pretty close to Brockville. It's funny. We're about two and a half miles from Brockville in Canada. Yep. And uh, most people look for hotels there and then they figure out it takes an hour to get there because <laughs> right. you got to go to the bridges. Yeah. Uh, but um, but it's literally that far away. And so there's a lot of people from that area and they love the track. I mean, the track is just fabulous. Well, um, listen, Marco, we're going to hold on. We're, we're going to take an opportunity to talk about the track. I know we did this before on one of our podcasts on the ECAN radio network. 
I do want to get into the track a bit because I want to take this opportunity to kind of educate people about the track itself. Uh, David, though, I know you had another question you wanted to ask first. Well, I was kind of going to go into the, the, the whole Northeast area as a whole because we haven't really heard much from like Vermont, New Hampshire, where there's, you know, some tracks that are still going. Uh, we've heard a little bit from Maryland, but nothing from Massachusetts, which you were talking about. You're, you're, you're not really focused yet. But what is what is kind of the early word? Because we haven't heard anything from any any of the racers there. Like, is there anything open at all in the in the northeast right now? Uh, I spoke with uh, a couple people. I, Massachusetts seems to be on a very, very tough stance with all of this. That's what I'm kind of hearing. I mean, and people are telling me that the race in August is going to be a tough race to get going. Uh, so I, I don't know. Again, I haven't focused on that because I feel like that I'm all over the place when it comes to New Jersey and again, New York and Pennsylvania. Uh, for me to focus on there is a little tough, but I will say I spoke to um, a gentleman named Michael Kamara. Basically, he runs NHKA. Fantastic guy, fantastic club, seemed to be doing a super job with everything that they do up there. And uh, he said that it didn't look good uh, about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, just in general. They weren't about to give them any kind of leeway and any of that. But hopefully that has changed. As you guys have said earlier, it just seems like it's going and, and moving very rapidly. Yeah. So I'm hopeful. Uh, I am getting quite a few calls from there as well uh, about the first race, about some of the stuff we're doing, about if we're open at the racetrack and things like that. So. Okay. That's kind of what I've heard. Um, but uh, like I said, a fantastic program. I think they'll bounce right back when they come at it. So out of this. So, But uh, I hope soon. We pause our face-to-face -face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. Looking for that extra edge? Comet Racing Engines is your answer. The engine service program from Comet Kart Sales has been winning from coast to coast at all levels and different forms of the sport. Lead engine builders Mark Harrison and Gary Lawson have decades of karting experience, providing racers the power to reach the top step of the podium. Comet Racing Engines continually perform track and dyno tests to provide their customers with the cutting edge in engine performance. Comet specializes in Yamaha KT100, IAMI Swift, IAMI X30, IAMI Leopard, and Rock engines. Trackside and customer support are the cornerstones of the Comet Racing Engines business, ensuring each and every customer receives personal attention and the help they need to achieve the best results. Engine rentals are available at all the events that Comet attends in 2018, including WKA, SCUSA, USPKS, and the Route 66 Sprint Series. Contact the Comet team today at CometCartsales.com or by calling 317-462-3413. If you're looking to step up your engine program, send it to Comet Racing Engines. Carts, parts, engines, tires, and tools. At SharkShifter.com, what you need is just a click away. We carry the biggest names and chassis, like Tony Cart and FA, DR Cart, CRG, and BLR. We have new chassis and all the parts you need. At SharkShifter.com, we also stock top quality replacement parts from Swift components, like axles, sprockets, and hubs. We have the inventory you need for your stock Honda as well, from cylinders, heads, and engine parts, to reeds, exhaust pipes, ignition covers, 
radiators, air filters, and air boxes. We build our own billet aluminum components as well, including motor mounts and clutch levers. Need to add to your toolbox? We offer alignment tools, brake, battery, and exhaust tools, tire gauges, and hand tools. Stop messing around getting your seat in the right position. We have a seat mounting system that makes it easy. Check the website for monthly specials. If you need it, we can get it to you fast. We ship the same day. Sharkshifter.com, your online source for carts and parts. At Solo Cart USA, designing and manufacturing the most driver-friendly carts has been our goal from the very beginning. Design, build, test, and then race over and over and over until it's perfect. The result is a cart that gives you complete confidence, knowing that the equipment can get the job done and you can focus on what separates every field in karting, driver talent. How do you know how to tune your team's chassis if you're not driving it yourself? At Solo Kart USA, we drive our own carts and we race regularly. Solo Kart is our program and we race what we sell. Every lap we turn, attracts all over the country, provides information and feedback that we use in further developing our chassis. After four years of dedicated testing and competition, our Solo Kart USA program is exactly where we want it. It's ready for you. Louis Westover put our Solo Kart SK2 on the X30 Senior Podium at the opening round of the Supercart USA Winter Series in January, topping 50 other drivers. And our own Adam Pettit followed suit with a second-place finish in X30 Master. Check out www.solocartusa.com to learn more and break away from the pack. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. Go ahead, Rob. Oh, did Rob freeze on us? Oh, he does. He looks kind of... <laughs> he looks frozen. He's startled. <laughs> I've been waiting for this moment my entire career where Rob just sits there and has to listen to us. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, – let's, uh, can we make fun of him maybe a little bit? Well, we could, but, you know, I, I do want to keep my job a little bit. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, um, yeah, he's very, very stoned face yeah, right yeah. now. So he's popped down, so we'll, we'll see if he can come back in. But, uh, but it, as he was going to ask, uh, you know, kind of give a little bit more uh, information about what the actual racetrack um, you know, talk a little bit about it and uh, and what's what uh, what has gone on, you know, the early stages of you taking over and and, you know, kind of the construction and everything of the of the racetrack. Well, you know, the track was built by an, uh, a gentleman named uh, Joe Bertrand uh, in 1998, and it had a lot of fantastic races right in the beginning. But as we all know, uh, promoting karting is not the easiest job. Uh, around there he is, man. You, you were so stone faced there for a minute. Oh, yeah, is he back? I thought he was intently listening, <laughs> right? Right, yeah. I had such an interesting comment going, right? I have no doubt, so, right? <laughs> so, the thing is that uh, Joe did a great job at building the racetrack, and uh, it was fantastic. Um, and he really gave us a foundation. You know, I, I believe in a very solid foundation of anything. I think Rob and I have talked about that, where I feel that the local races need to be bolstered. We need to have a better foundation yeah. to our sport. Uh, we seem to be all be very top. Everybody wants to promote all the big stuff, but nobody wants to get on the ground level. Uh, the racetracks just aren't getting enough uh, energy and so on and so forth. But don't let me rant and get off the 
point here. Uh, so New York Race Complex basically uh, was St. Lawrence Motorsports Park for a long time. And uh, basically for about the last five or six years, Joe uh, has a construction company that basically started um, – getting very busy so unfortunately the racetrack kind of i don't want to say fell by the wayside but it it was promoted it was here and people could use it and uh but it did require quite a bit of uh of maintenance and so on and so forth so when we kind of got involved um i just fell in love with not just the track but the area i mean i i could say if, if somebody just wants to come look at the racetrack and have fun here for a couple of, for an afternoon with a rental cart uh I'm not allowed to say that, by the way, a rental car. We have school carts, right? So just so we – New York State uh, authorities, if you're listening, we have a rental race school carts. So anyway, uh, but if somebody wants to do that, but you want to actually come here uh, and just enjoy the area, I mean, there is 1,082 lakes, uh, um, 1,082 islands that are on a 20-mile stretch heading into uh, Lake Ontario. And it is just absolutely fantastic. I mean, I always say it's it's a funny thing that I say that you're just kind of looking for where the dinosaurs are mm-hmm. uh, because it's that kind of a region. Uh, it's just very untouched. Uh, the river is fantastic. You can take riverboat cruises and up and down and whatnot. Sound like a used car salesman here. Everybody tells me I do that. But uh, anyway, uh, the track is fantastic. It's laid in a perfect place. And, um, you know, everybody says, oh, it's a little far away. And he said, oh, I wish it was three or four hours closer to my house. And I said, I don't think we would have this special feeling about this racetrack if it was in another location. We would just have kind of another racetrack. So but and that's why we like it here. Um, It's a great place, um, especially in the months of July and June and May, August and stuff. So uh, any other time, and I'm sure Rob could tell you, uh, it gets cold up here. But uh, yeah, a little bit, but you get used to it. You know, you get a good heating system. You're all right. But um, so that's kind of that. And then once we took it, basically, we we put a new coating on it, which was pretty dramatic, uh, not just financially, but also just the workload. It was a it was a daunting task. Uh, and the guys that helped us to do it uh, were just fantastic. We were just supposed to put an uh, inch and a half of, of top on this thing. And the guy was so excited that the crew that actually uh, did the paving there was a funny story about it. Uh, they basically said that uh, when we started working here 25, 30 years ago, the only thing they wanted to do, two things they wanted to do, and that was uh, win the lottery, and uh, they wanted to pave a racetrack. So I said, all right, well, if you don't get done paving while you're winning the lottery, I hope you come back. And they said they're going to finish it. but And they finished it, and I will be honest, I, I might put the track as one of the smoothest racetracks in the country. I Nobody's told me I've found a smoother place so with that being said the track is fantastic it's all there it's uh it's pretty long it's cik uh specs to a class b circuit so it's 1200 meters for you and 4040 for david uh and basically um you know it's all there so it's really fun and it produces great races Uh, i mean i could keep talking so just shut me down anytime here but uh, i had a uh it sounds like a a a shawano from uh, Wisconsin, the USA International Raceway, where it's, you know, like you said, people don't want to travel through Chicago to get to it, yet it's one of the greatest racetracks you'll drive. So it's kind of like you have like a similar scenario uh, with the same location. Well, I I suppose I've never been there. Uh, I've heard nice things about it, but uh, I have not been there, but I'm guessing it would be a very similar scenario. You know, people also think it's in New York. 
it can't be that far away. New York's pretty tall and long. Right, so right. I guess that's what it is. So, and like I said, I think it's just a region in itself. Uh, for some reason, only about an hour and a half south of here, it kind of turns to where I normally live, but then it just changes as you come to this region. So it's a fantastic place. I encourage anybody, not even if they just don't want to come racing here, just to come to this area because uh, it's a fantastic place. There's a couple so, of hit. Marco, a couple of shout outs for you here from Steve Kuhn. He says, uh, beautiful track surface for New York uh, uh, Racing Complex. And then Will Salisbury as well. Another one there too. New York yeah, basic facility. Marco and the family have done a phenomenal job transforming the place. I do want to say this story because I remember, after, I think it was after it got paved and you sent me pictures because you guys were out there in the dark painting the curbs yes. with like the lights of the cars. <laughs> yeah, no, actually I just had a generator, a with, generator. A, with a flashlight with a, with a big, right? Oh yeah. Spotlight. You ask my children, they'll tell you some funny stories about me, uh, what uh, what I've done. But uh, I, you know, they're they're tough. They held on throughout all of this stuff with with us, and and I think people do really appreciate. It. And I've not had one person come to the track and not say that it's not fantastic. So, and that's a huge gratifying thing to have that because you know all the hard work. But I think also the great part is that we took a racetrack that already had that foundation and had everything the way it was, it should have been. Um, but I think we've just bolstered it. Um, I think I've used some of my, uh, my, uh, promotional skills. If I have any, I don't know. I just maybe talk people too long. You know, it's funny. I could probably just talk them into just coming. Right. <laughs> or maybe they'll think, all right, I'll come. Stop right, talking. Maybe they'll, come. I, yeah, exactly. That's my strategy. <laughs> I talk them into coming. But, uh, so again, I hope we're going to make it into something greater even yet. Uh, I hope we can get other series to come here, have fun at the track. And, uh, and like I said, just, even if you're not into karting, just come check it out, hang, you know, hang out in the area and, and possibly just try a cart or something just for fun. Yeah. Listen, you, you said something about the fact you don't think people are going to want to travel away from their homes. I think there's a lot of carters out there that will travel a long distance to be able to race a good track right now. I think people are going to be in their minds going to be, hey, listen, I want to get back to the sport. I want to support the the industry. I want to support tracks. I know a lot of people traveled down to GoPro Motorplex in, in North Carolina this past weekend to race. Uh, I have a feeling that people are going to want to travel up to see you. Like you said, gorgeous country up there, beautiful in in, in that part of New York, northern New York. The date is June the 26th, 27th. Is that correct? Uh, 26th, 27th, and 28th. Uh, I always get confused, too, with my dates. But, yeah, it's at the end of June. Check okay. out, uh, you know, the websites and well, stuff. We'll push but, out uh, get Absolutely. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, the FSeries.com and, of course, yep. NewYorkRaceComplex.com, NYRaceComplex and stuff. There so, you go. There you uh, go. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward. I mean, and of course, I'm always available. All the phone numbers are lead directly to me and stuff. So I, you know, complaint department, uh, promotional <laughs> department, and of course, uh, right, right, just getting people into the right direction and stuff. So, well, you're, you're right. trackside right now. I appreciate it. Obviously, your Wi Fi worked better than mine did today. So that's really good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, we were very concerned about that. I'm working on this little jetpack here because uh, <laughs> there is no internet within 40 miles of here. So, all right. Uh, it works pretty good. That's so, good. But, well, Marco, yeah. hey, listen, thank you so much for joining us here on Face to Face. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Marco Oldoffer, folks, the F-Series, New York Race Complex, the New York State Championship Program as well. David Cole, that's going to be a bucket list racetrack, I think. The New York, New York Race Complex, uh, completely, as he said, resurfaced, unbelievably smooth. 
And uh, I like it when you have a guy like Marco who's got so much pride in this facility. You know, he just wants to make it the track the best he possibly can. And I feel it's going to be like one of those tracks that's just out there that people are going to go to and all of a sudden start spreading the word of how great it is. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was getting to with the the Shano references yeah. because, you know, that's one of the facilities. If you put anywhere in the country, people are going to be there right away, but they just have that that mentality of, oh, it's it's too far away, yet it's only what – uh, an hour away from Green Bay, two hours from Milwaukee. So it's really yeah. not that far away. So again, and like you said, looking at the maps, it's only four and a half hours from you. So it's really not that far away uh, in terms of for Canadian racers, because there, we know there's a lot of them around the Toronto area. So it, it seems to be, uh, you know, it has the pot- potential to certainly grow uh, uh, in the future. Yeah, no doubt about that. I know that uh, uh, David Conker brought his son down there. They did some shift to racing with the, with the crew there, Michael, and they uh, actually I think won, a, won a championship running the F-Series. Great program in the Northeast, and you and I always talk about the fact that you have to have that. Marco and I have talked about having that, that better club, that foundation of the sport. You have to have strong regional programs, the F-Series, and, of course, the state championship, very, very strong as well, and good for karting in the Northeast of the U.S. Uh, David, any other final thoughts here to cap things off and face-to-face? I just want to end with it was so great to have you just listening and not speaking for for a moment there. It was perfect. Me and Marco took advantage of it, and I hope you enjoy the the uh, the replay of it. I can't wait to see it. Me like <laughs> now you had a real serious look, so we were we were concerned if if you were like having a stroke or if you were just really really interested in the conversation. Well, yeah, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, it comes back. I didn't do anything, and it ended up coming back. Well, we know your internet's not always the best. Well, the big thing is I live in a condo here, and I think everybody's on one stream. And just the fact (laughs) that we're all home, we're all on the stream right now, it sucks. So it is what it is. Uh, Folks, a lot more coming up here on Face to Face. Uh, Again, on the ECAN Radio Network right now, I think we're streaming the the This Week in Cardi that David and I just did. So a good update on everything that's going on in the sport. Make sure to download the ECAN Radio Network app. If you haven't done that yet, you can be able to listen to all our stuff. Or, of course, ecardinews.com slash radio, 24-7. All of our content on there for sure. We're lining up some more broadcasts coming. Uh, looking forward to get back to EK and Trackside Live. Uh, can't wait to get to the racetrack, David. I'm, su- I'm surprised that you're here. I thought you may, like you say, just go out and kind of stand outside of Groton and just listen to the listen to the carts going around. Yeah, if we didn't have this uh, this broadcast, I, I think I was going to take a longer lunch and, and head out that way. But uh, <laughs> I, maybe I'll swing by tomorrow since we, tomorrow. Don't have, we don't have anything on the schedule. But uh, yeah, I'm really I'm really uh, interested in getting getting trackside. So I'm working out some deals with with the family. I'm going to see if I can escape somehow and and get to a racetrack here within the next couple of weeks. Well, my thought is this. Um... If they open, like we talked a little bit about them opening up the borders, because they have not quite done yet. It's uh, they they extended them from May twenty first to to June twenty first for the Canadian U.S. border. Uh, We'll see if they what what the update after that. If they do eventually open them up on the twenty first and allow travel back and forth, the Cup Cards North America Champions Cups racing at Newcastle on July the fourth and fifth. Just saying, that could be a good battle. Yeah, you you need all the warm up you can get to actually you know, keep up with me. So yeah, you might you might as well go down there and test a little bit. Well, you stay at <laughs> home and enjoy yourself, David. I will. You know, <laughs> I will. Actually, right, we well, won't be staying home. We'll be getting away from home somewhere. That's true. 
All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. More to come. We'll try to get another face-to-face lined up for later on this week. A couple more for next week as well. Of course, racing getting rolling, so make sure you're on the EKN Radio Network. Lots of stuff to talk about. David's, of course, working on all the content on ecardinews.com as well. But it was great to talk to Marco Oldoffer from the F-Series and the uh, New York Race Complex, tremendous facility up in the northern parts of New York. As he said, very low in terms of COVID-19 cases. Really hoping to be able to put a race on on June the 26th to the 28th. If you have that weekend open, you're thinking about doing something super cool, that's a track to potentially roll up to because I think it'll be a lot of fun. And and that's a track and a guy that deserves the support from the industry because it's a beautiful facility and, and we need to take care of it. Otherwise, we're done, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining us. Book it.